everybody, welcome back to We and You, where we talk about the Kentucky Commission on Human Rights and a little bit about what's going on in our area. I am Terrence Sullivan. And I'm Brittany Cook. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like when we leave the meeting. Yep. Okay. That's normal. So I'm thinking this might just be appending it to the previous recording um, because the meeting never closed. Yeah. And so once the meeting closes, you'll get an email with a link. Yeah. Okay. We're broadcasting from beautiful downtown Louisville here in the historic Hayburn building. Great. Can you hear me okay? I can. I'm, I figured I'd use uh, a headset since I'm not using the fancy microphone. Me too. Uh, look at us. I also <laughs> just found these again, like hiding in a hiking backpack that I haven't pulled out because it's been so cold. So um, I was pretty excited because for some reason I can't get... Um, can't get those wireless ones to always connect to things interesting you know i have so much luck with technology though yeah that's your your thing yeah it'll be really <laughs> great whenever i like you know continue to work at home for however long <laughs> just see how many more issues can come across <sighs> so what were some of the things you wanted to talk about today? I would like to talk about housing. Housing? Housing. Like Zillow? Cool. So Yes, did you Zillow, see that <laughs> SNL skit? <laughs> that wasn't a skit. That was a documentary of real life. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Millennials and Zillow. <laughs> I at least twice a week look at Zillow. Probably more. I keep getting all kinds of emails, like updating me on the stats with different area codes all around Louisville. And I keep opting out of them and they keep sending some to, to me. So I don't know what to do. It's like, I can't get rid of Zillow. <laughs> Block you, them. <laughs> you just can't quit each other. <laughs> Look. Did you sign up since you just got your house? Did you sign up for reports on your house at least? Um, I used to have reports on our last house, but I don't think I signed up for reports on this one. It's fine. You got to keep it to watch your home value go up. Well, the current Zillow advertisement for this house isn't correct anyways, because it only shows the last information from the previous sale before the one that we bought it, the people that we bought it from. Oh, wow. That's really old. Yeah, so I think it's because we did for sell by owners. So maybe there's something within the realtor systems that it does the updates. But since we did, like, well, they, not us, but the people we bought it from were for sell by owner. There was nobody to like input that information. So as soon as we closed and they pulled the house off of being like for sale, it went back to the previous price that they bought it from. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I know. Partly because they Zillow and Realtor.com, I know they pull their information from uh, PVA. And like this one is wrong too, but not on substantive things. Mm -hmm. um, it also, yeah, anyway. So that's well, the kind of housing. <laughs> sure, yeah, we'll yeah. get about that. Yeah, cool. I'm sure people want to keep listening to that. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I wanted to talk about um, this recent um, Metro Council passing that occurred here in Louisville because um, I just honestly was kind of impressed with the approach of it. Um, basically, you know, we have some houseless encampments. Um, I don't prefer the term homeless because people will make a home where they need mm -hmm. to. Um, so, but we have these houseless encampments throughout our city. Um, and many of them will house dozens of people because we don't have enough shelter space or enough appropriate accommodations um, made accessible by shelters for people to live in all the time or be accepted into. So um, this bill that just passed essentially states that now moving forward, um, 28 days notice has to be provided to the people that are living within the encampments before they are allowed to um, come in and disband them. So 28 days before they can, 28 days notice to disband, I guess, camps or- To remove them basically. Huh, which, you know, I think makes sense. I would like it to be longer, obviously. Same. Um, <laughs> it's better than none, better yes. than seven. <laughs> which is what we had before. Um, yeah, I would definitely love for it to be longer, especially knowing that even for the people that do get accepted to the shelters with the rigid structures that are in place for that, um, it can still take, I mean, wait lists are, are extremely long. Um, so that that is good to see that there's some grace there, but it's really not enough to help what is um, essentially, you know, another pandemic within the pandemic. Um, yeah. So um, I was also impressed to see that they are now, the Metro um, Louisville is now also required to store any goods that are pulled from the camps um, for, I believe it was 21 days. Oh, Which wow. is a little interesting that it wouldn't match the same 28 days. Again, though, I don't have the article in front of me, so I could be pulling up. Well, I guess it'll be accurate information. I guess it'll be 28, 21 days after the 28. So, I mean, that's, that's true. That's so that's true. quite some time. I mean, it's still not perfect, but it's Something. in theory, you have almost two months of prep. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Which, and I, I will say, you know, I would have loved to see, there was an amendment to the bill that was added that did not pass. And the amendment basically stated that none of the notices of removal could occur if the weather is 50 degrees and below. 
but unfortunately that piece did not pass. Um, That's interesting to me just because if you look at, um, this is just nerd me. That's not very often when you look at the climate for Louisville, that's the, that's the end of November to the start of March, pretty much. Yeah. But so, apparently that's too long for people. Which I, I feel like that would be the times you'd want to be the most considerate because that is when it's, I mean, that's what, two and a half months, three months. Yeah. Out of I, the year. I agree. Apparently it, it um, was tossed and not passed because people said that it would be, or Metro Council members said that it would be too unpredictable um, to make that statement. And um, of course, as we know, there's some building projects that are being readied that um, were noted as being pushed off longer if that was something that they would have passed as well because of where the camps are. Yeah, it's not to get too far into the weeds on that, but it's just, it's always frustrating to think about the impact external things have on certain issues and- um, Like public safety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I didn't didn't know we would talk about this, but I, I was curious if you, were familiar with the proposal in Texas, I think it was in Austin, on what they were doing about their population. And then I could tell you about one of my dreams that I've thought of since I was, gosh, seventh grade, Um, something that I've always wanted to build. Um, But do you know what I'm referring to about Austin? I recently came across an article stating that all of the people that were, I guess, being registered as houseless were going to be supplied shelter. Um, But I I didn't get the full details on that. And I don't know if that was Austin or not. That could have been another city proposing another thing. (laughs) Right. So Um, tell me what you got. So Austin um, wanted to buy or is going to buy a hotel as part of a new place to offer housing and people can apply to do that and live there. And where they got the money is where it comes of interest to some people. Um, They took some money, I think this is the same one, or may have been near there. Um, They were going to take some of the money um, to, from police budgets to cover the restoration of a hotel and a purchase, and then to keep it running. And I thought that that was a fascinating concept because seventh grade and on me has always had this plan. And as you know, personally, you know, that issue has impacted me a couple of times Mm -hmm. and my family. And 
I always thought that it didn't make sense that it could exist, especially in this country when we have ungodly amounts of money and they just go to other things. Um, but I always thought it made sense, especially for large cities. If as part of your central business district that they would build buildings like a just like you would build any other like condo complex or whatever um and use it for that purpose and to get people off the streets and give them a place to live and but in in return you would use it, it was like a trade-off because we used to do barter day when I was in middle school and this was where I got my idea of how to pay for it mm -hmm. um is people who wanted to live there you offer some type of skilled labor so you have a week a daily not a daily but like one every Wednesday you clean you sweep or mop the floors on your floor or you refill the soap dispensers or something but everybody has a, a task that's part of you living there or if you're a, a, a more skilled laborer you do some of the work for the city like helping with construction crews, maybe not building, but securing space or the people who get to block off the streets and make sure people don't walk under scaffolding. Um, things that you don't need some level of expertise in that field to do, mm -hmm. but it's something that you otherwise would have been paying someone anyway as a city employee to go do that work. You're covering that cost by do it, having someone do it that's staying in the city provided housing. And so I thought this story was cool because while it's not the same thing, it's getting there. And I think that other cities could do, don't have to do my idea. My idea is not perfect. I, as I was talking to you, realized a couple flaws in it. And, you know, I was a seventh grader when I came up with it. So <laughs> I didn't think about, you know, the displacement of jobs for the people who would have been doing that. But anyway, that's just a concept, but just that, that idea though, of showing some humanity towards groups that need it and finding creative solutions that solve a problem. I mean, with COVID and the closure of downtown buildings and so many. Yeah. And it's not due to mm -hmm. um, protesting, but due to businesses saying, you know what, we can't have people safely down there. And then realizing, Hey, our work is getting done still. And we're not paying, we, we could do this without paying for the overhead of a building. And so downtowns are going to have a lot of empty buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you've looked around downtown St. Louis, but I think, I can't remember what the vacancy rate was, but being there one weekend, I can remember maybe three or four buildings that had people in them. Um, and so it's something that people could do right now with buildings um, that are existing. You don't even have to, build anything out, maybe use city workers to um, remodel. But that concept, I think in general, overall is, makes sense. I think so too. And like you stated, you know, that maybe it would 
take away jobs from people that are already working in those positions, but I don't see that as being the case. We have an endless amount of work that can be done in this country. We do. In this state, <laughs> in this city, that there, like, there's always going to be something. So maybe also, like, instead of spreading so many people so thin in their work and burning them out, like, we actually offer some more support in those positions and we offer more people to be able to help out. I mean, even if you think about, like we said, public safety, right? Traffic is such a huge issue and we have so many people all the time that get in more accidents from areas that we have construction happening on the roads, right? If we have more people that are able to help with that work, then maybe the work can get done faster and maybe we can have less issues and less wrecks. Like there's always another route to look in at how it could actually be more helpful to you. Just a European of you. (laughs) What? As in how European of you. Is it? (laughs) I don't think I know enough about Europe. Really more, uh, not even Europe, more uh, Scandinavian of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's kind of the style I'm going for in decorating my house right now, so why not in my mindset? (laughs) Oh, Scandinavian. Interesting. (laughs) No, I can't be that minimalist. I'm too American. (laughs) I've got a basement already full of junk and I just moved in. I think that's when your basement is full of the most junk though, because it's like, where does this yeah, thing go? True. And it's like, oh, basement until you that's, figure it out. Yeah. And then Has you never figure it out. Right now. <laughs> I also, uh, we're so big on recycling, but we haven't yet gone to the recycling center. And so we have literally a pile of like cardboard that's taller than myself right now down there. That's really that's, funny. It's going to take multiple trips. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, all the, getting way off topic on that, I, I do think just with anything, there can always be multiple points of view and um, arguments on both sides of what can be helpful and what can be harmful. Um, and consistently working to address the harmful is probably what's going to get us where we want to be more than anything and not just saying, well, this could harm this this way and dropping it. Um, and unfortunately, you know, as we see often, a lot of times changes aren't made because that's how it goes. Yeah. But going back to what started this conversation, I do think that what's important is that there are positive steps that people are taking in this area. Um, Maybe not as positive and progressive as some places, but we're doing something. And hopefully people feel motivated or empowered to ask for more because I think that's one thing that people, I I struggle with this myself, thinking about politically how things work, but people should always be okay with asking for more. Um, And I think that also creates an accept, a a better way um, on how to accept things is if if you're accepting compromise now because you know you're going to keep pushing because i know some people are very anti-incrementalist because there's oh that's not exactly what we wanted and 
why should we why should we settle for when we know what's right? And I don't disagree with that, but I also um, think that there is a mindset of, I'll, I'll use minimum wage as an example, even though what people are asking for is still too low in my opinion. Um, but let's say if $15 an hour was the ask and people were told, you know what, we're not going to get 15, we're going to get 1175. I would rather in the interim while we fight for 15, some people who need it get that 1175 and get that $4 bump than someone having to continue to wait for that 15. Mm-hmm. And so um, if the if the mindset is I'm going to keep pushing for 15 even when we get to that 1175, I think that's when it's acceptable and I think just like you were saying with the 28 days, that's cool. Once we get 28, let's push for 45. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I think that's one way to at least understand or accept um, when things aren't exactly what you were asking for. Absolutely. And then talking about, you know, some of the progress made with housing, um, I didn't know if you'd want to um, tell our listeners about the new executive order that has come down nationally. Sure. Um, So there has been an executive order, um, I think a few months ago. Wow, it's been months. That's crazy to say. Um, We talked a little bit about the Bostock Supreme Court case and how that extended orientation and gender identity protections under the umbrella of sex in the workplace. And one of the things that, and so as an office, we've started, we've accepted those types of cases, but one of the things that's been a little bit of confusion was how does this Supreme Court opinion, how does that play into other arenas and namely housing and housing discrimination because we had employment covered now we need to get public accommodations and housing covered and it seems logical even in the opinion or concurring opinions in that supreme court case that there's this logical leap that if sex means um, gender identity or sexual orientation and employment then it also um, should extend to the other areas. But having it explicitly stated is always um, ideal instead of making legal equivalencies. And so um, on January 20th, the first day of President Biden's, I've actually never said that phrase before. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The first day of President Biden and Vice President Harris, because I have to add that, um, the first day of their administration, they signed an executive order, or he signed an executive order that addressed that decision in Bostock. And they said that they wanted to include um, every federal agency to um, assess their own behavior and, and policies and interpret them the same way. And so the general counsel of HUD, um, the housing arm of federal government, um, concluded 
that sex discrimination in the Fair Housing Act is comparable to Title Set to those protections in Title Seven, and so they are basically the same as the employment uh, protections that they that were offered and that were affirmed in the Bostock decision. And so I um, just, right before we started recording this, um, we were doing more confirmation of this position where the agencies who are enforcing these laws on a state level were told explicitly, um, again, that with this executive order, we are interpreting the law under the Fair Housing Act to follow that interpretation and to allow for discrimination complaints to be filed on that basis using that same determination process that's used in employment. And so it's a, an interesting and positive shift in the term of rights for people um, and protections against discrimination. And so it's just a change um, to not have to apply uh, legal extension by analogy and comparison and to just say, no, see, and this, ex <laughs> this executive order says this means this, as opposed to saying, um, well, this meant this here, so it should mean this here as well. And so that's where we are right now. Yeah, so I feel like, and I would have to look up what the statistic is, um, but that kind of jumps back to what we were talking about, possibly anyways, um, when it comes to houseless folks, because Typically, there is a much larger statistic of people that are houseless that are from the queer community um, and even more so substantiated within the trans community because of issues with shelters, not mm -hmm. accepting people to live in the shelter whenever they're gender separated based on their identified gender. And so I really hope that this also opens up that to be a protected area within shelters as well. So then you have less trans folks who are already more susceptible to crimes um, and hate crimes at that um, to be living on the streets. That is a good assessment and I'm curious and I don't know right now, I'd have to look into it on if those types of issues would fall under um, public accommodations or housing, because I would assume public accommodations, but it also would seem logical, again, making these steps um, to say, well, this is the law in employment and workplace. This is the law in housing it wouldn't make sense to not extend this to public accommodations. And so even being able to make that argument now that mm -hmm. it's covered everywhere else, I think is helpful. Um, and there might be another executive order I don't know about, but it would be harder because public accommodations isn't managed by a federal agency, um, but it will be harder to make those connections mm -hmm. explicitly, but I think it should be implicitly um, covered at this point.
but that is something we could definitely look into and like follow up on because I think that could be interesting and yeah. I'm mad I didn't think about it until right now <laughs> I mean if it makes you feel better I literally didn't think about it until just now either <laughs> per right, usual fair. this is just you know we're just talking out our heads <laughs> I mean I would be concerned if we were talking out of anywhere but our heads but well if you know <laughs> anything about slang we definitely don't want to be talking out of our neck so well, true <laughs> so <sighs> gosh um I am hopeful that we can get instead of even having to rely on executive orders I'm hopeful that we can get some type of sustaining law that affirms um these types of things just because then we can do more and have less worry about a new or changing administration because right now there's it's like you have four years of protection and then there's always that concern well what happens on January 20th of 2025 and there's that um, fear. And so hopefully, you know, going back to the conversation on incrementalism, um, hopefully this is a, a jumping point for some more codified protections that then would take literally an act of Congress to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's kind of in line with what we were talking about um, a couple of chats ago is just that difference of you know what becomes law and and at what point does it actually become like stable within the communities that it affects and what's hard about that is like this executive order for example things that get passed or get signed or whatever there's still a, an implementation period where people have no idea that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not, I mean, we're in a very high information age where the president could do something right now and everyone in the, across the world could know about it immediately. Um, but when it comes to policy and enactment of policy, um, things don't move that fast especially for marginalized communities that don't have the ability to be glued to social media and all the policy sites to see what's going on. It's more, there's time that gets, that's needed to get trickled down. And so that's one of my concerns is once people find out they're protected, (laughs) is it the fall of 2024 and then in January, it's gone. It's like, ugh, I wish you knew three years ago. Uh, yeah, I like, mean, go ahead. A, no, I was just saying that's absolutely like a real conflict that comes up. I mean, even in terms of protection, you know, one of the reasons why we even started this podcast is because as much as we've been a state agency that has been around since 1960, so many people don't even know that they can come to 
us for help and support and assistance when they're being discriminated against. So, you know, when you have different supports available and accessible, but somebody doesn't have knowledge of those, which is very, very common, then, then they're not going to be utilized in the right way. No, I think you're right. And I think that that falls on a lot of people, including us, um, that people need to be made more aware of what exists. And I blame a lot of things on COVID right now because that that does make it harder. Um, I know I told you one of my things that I wanted to happen was to just get out there around the state mm-hmm. and be like, hey, people, what's up? We're here and um, yeah, I had a way I had, I can I say we're queer, with- but that's just me <laughs> on here. I'll call that out for myself. I'm not going to call it out for anybody else. I just, that's where I started to go with it. And I was like, wait, <laughs> um, I didn't want to say it and then offend anyone because I can't claim a community. I'm not a part of it. Um, but Hey, I can <laughs> very strong ally though. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think that there's this information dearth um, hole, I don't know, that we need to fill. And I would love for everyone to get their shots and we'd be able to go places and then be like, hey, people, um, is your area not treating you well? And here are some things you can do about it. I didn't, I, I haven't talked to you since this happened but I met with Owensboro's Human Relations Council and they are doing a survey of the community of things that they might see as an issue or the state of things. And I really wanna run with that as a statewide thing and create some type of survey or temperature check or scan because like I said to you months ago, I really wanna know what people are facing and get that secondary um, reminder that there are things out there. And so that's, that's a goal, um, having a conversation with them about what that looks like soon. Um, it's one of those 200 emails I was telling you about. That I didn't <laughs> do. Yes, please tell us. I would love to know how they're doing that outreach. Like how do you get the survey out to people so that was part of the conversation um right now it's pretty limiting because it's online or through a qr code Mm. um, that people can scan in places and there was the conversation the other night about well what about people that don't have access to that stuff and so they wanted to print out copies and take them to like bus stops and to community centers and stuff. But then there was that concern about COVID and touching things and bringing them to places like bus stops and community yeah. centers. Um, and so right now there's like that understanding that it's going to be limited information and privileged information in a way because the people who are able to complete it have some access to these things that others might not and so um, and like you said knowledge like I know people that have access but they don't know that 
hey, if I see a QR code, I don't need to like download an app and then like scan it. I can just open my camera and yeah. hold it up to it and it'll do what I need it to do once yeah. I tap the website that pops up. Um, so that's, yeah, absolutely one of those things that needs to be known. Maybe with QR codes, it needs to say, just open your camera. <laughs> like, yeah. me. I, I think we, um, it'd be really cool if we had the money to do like a capital buy, not like a, no, a media buy of radio and TV and Facebook, unfortunately, and <laughs> a billboard or two, just to like, I think that would be really cool. Um, creating this one awareness, but two, um, this, these options for people to reach out. And I don't know, maybe, maybe we should try to look into that maybe you can remind me um, can you do a qr code on a billboard like if i hold my camera up to a billboard would it catch that well hopefully you're not driving when you see the billboard but you can i'm um, often in the passenger side <laughs> oh, well, there you go if you're moving no it won't scan it i'm just i wasn't even thinking of qr codes for the billboards the, no yeah billboards could have a site but no, you can have distance uh, QR codes. I mean, if you, some streaming services to sign in from your phone, you scan the TV screen from where you're sitting, which is probably, you know, 10 feet away and it still works. Um, you just can zoom in on the screen and then it's like, oh yeah, uh, this is completely off topic, but similar. I got a new credit card the other day and the whole card is a QR code interesting and that's how you activate it and you can also pay like that um but yeah that's one of those new fancy fully online banking system things right shout out to our sponsors at venmo yes it is <laughs> <laughs> there are no venmo sponsors no venmo um, sponsors <laughs> <laughs> but you know we are equal opportunity banking. <laughs> yeah. That's I don't know. One <laughs> uh, way to say it. Speaking of banking and housing, I will say I really wished that there was a system in place that allowed people to be more conscientious and available to pick who their loans get sold to. Um, because banking is important just like everything and I feel like you know it's really matters to make sure you know where your money's going and who it's going with and whether that aligns with your um, values and your interests and knowing that people that are purchasing homes don't have access to choose always um, where those loans are coming from is is a concern I just wanted to bring that for just a moment no, I, I think that's something very valid to bring up for a multitude of reasons. And that could be a whole nother conversation one day. Just, I have a lot of thoughts on things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, just things that we definitely need to uh, look a little further into. Um, I could also get into the canceling student debt conversation. Um, 
because like all of it not just 10k because <laughs> some of us out here are being really in debt <laughs> with their student loans <laughs> i can i can tell i can tell you ten thousand dollars does zilch for me <laughs> like right i I'm sure for some people that's like just covering that accrued interest number, if that. It's me. I am some people. <laughs> that hurts my heart. That I mean, between myself and my partner, though, I'd probably be about there too. Yeah, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's a whole nother whole nother conversation. That'd be kind of cool to bring some people on and talk about. Um, that would. Let me brainstorm. Who do I know that would have some information on that? Uh, Bernie Sanders, you know him. <laughs> do I? I, I know did. somebody that knows him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, there's guess, always six degrees, but. <laughs> I guess I know somebody that knows him too. Yeah, as I'll say, you're never that far. <laughs> disconnected but hey that goes back to what you said too like always ask for more right so <laughs> i have no shame in asking for a phone number <laughs> also i have no shame in asking for fifty thousand and then asking for another fifty thousand <laughs> then we might almost be there <laughs> god that's sad i hate thinking about yeah. that yeah every time the lottery winners are announced i'm like oh can i just like should I call them? <laughs> not for real. I'm not harassing people for money. That's that's hey, not okay. But <laughs> I can still have those thoughts sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I do think as a refresher, um, and I don't, this is one of the first times I'm not like running the clock. So I don't know where we are, but <laughs> Oh, um, me either. <laughs> I tried to look a minute ago and I was like, I don't have a clue when that started. So sorry. <laughs> oh, no, we are good. Um, but one thing that I do want to, it, just circling back a little bit to my hope to have billboards and QR codes that you can scan from airplanes. Um, okay. Yeah. By the way, a lot of places, this is just a little rant or tangent. I really enjoyed the new COVID dining if you did go out where you don't have to touch anything and you scan a menu as a QR code and then you can select from the phone and then it like magically appears. When we go back to normal, let's keep that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. I mean, if anything, it's also more sustainable. Yeah, I mean, I still would tip the same to the person who brought it over, but they, you know, let them have a little bit more break time in between tables and not run back and forth. You need anything? You need anything? You ready to order? Are you ready to order? Nope. <laughs> like you find out what I find out. I think that's a brilliant thing we should keep. Um, one of the many things I think we should keep after all this is over. Um, limited size concerts and sporting events yes please as someone who hates being crowded um that won't happen because of capitalism yeah, well. but anyway um i do think it would be good it's just as a reminder that people who do feel like they've been discriminated against can go to kchr.ky.gov and file a discrimination complaint or they can find us on 
line or some, there are multiple ways to get hold of us, um, but that there are people who are trying to help in that space. And I think that it's good to always have that reminder until we get our billboards that you can scan from space. <laughs> now we're going to space, y'all. It, it gets larger every time. <laughs> I mean, Elon Musk might hook us up. Sea? I'm waiting for these submarines. These. <laughs> I think the water pressure um, might interrupt cell service, so we can't go that way. Sorry. Oh, okay. And I'm a positive thinker. The only way is up. <laughs> out here. <laughs> Terrence Sullivan, y'all. <laughs> I, you know, I had, uh, and we can, we could wrap up with this if you want, but I had way too much fun with Cat Lawyer the other day because I was being able to use a bunch of cat puns. And if you tell me you don't know what I mean by Cat Lawyer, I'm hanging up right now. Well, I guess it's over. <laughs> was it on Twitter? It was on everything. No, yeah. you can't say that because you're not on everything. What is everything? Was it on Twitter? It was. It was on Twitter, Instagram, the news, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, Fox News, See? local news. Okay. <laughs> but like, could I read it or did, was it a video? It's a video. Then there's my fault. See, <laughs> I need to get on like with, I don't know, I'm sure it was on TikTok or something too. I need to like get on this like, new age video is the way to go mindset and then I'll follow these references I apologize yeah it's a shame that you're 95 years old <sighs> I do kind of look 95 right now I've got my little like short bun and my big old Your glasses, big glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean maybe no I do have my couch behind me from like 1953 <laughs> in my bungalow <laughs> I am an old lady, whatever. It's okay. <laughs> What's the cat lawyer? <laughs> so I guarantee 99% of the people who hear this have seen this already. Um, I hope so. They can, they can tell us. But a <laughs> Zoom courtroom in Texas, um, <laughs> one of the, and I'm going to find this and you're going to watch this in real time with people who listen to this. I'm going to send you the link. And I don't even want to explain it. I want you to watch it. And then you can tell people about it because. Can we play it now? Yeah, I'm sending it to you. What if you share screen it? Uh, oh, so you could possibly get the audio? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to hear it. Okay. I made you host. Here you go. <laughs> we are very virtually recording today, y'all. <laughs> we are. I like this. Okay. <laughs> okay, can you see? Yes, I can. What a cute kitty. Can you hear? No. Uh, like... I, I hear murmurs enough, but. Oh, you heard the murmurs? Yeah. Interesting. So I'm gonna try something. Moments like now are like, maybe we should be a recorder. 
recording. Okay. Can you hear this now? I believe you yeah. have filters turned on in the video settings. <laughs> you might want to. Uh, uh, we're trying to can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, and it is, and I don't know how to remove it. Stop it. amazing i am about to just like i don't know my next social media post is going to be why did nobody tell me about the cat lawyer <laughs> um so yeah can you hear me yes um so yeah that's the cat lawyer um and this is me i'm live right now i'm not a cat <laughs> but, um yeah the unfortunately and as hilarious as the cat lawyer was um, he turned out to be a milkshake duck, if you know what that means. What? <laughs> okay, I'll read you the milkshake duck explanation. I um, feel like, I feel like, Mr. Sullivan, that your goal in life is to confuse me sometimes. <laughs> So a milkshake duck is, <clears throat> this is the Wikipedia definition, um, but all of the definitions are pretty much the same. But a milkshake duck is an internet meme that describes people that are initially perceived as good, but later revealed to be flawed. And so Oxford, the Oxford Dictionary defines it as a person or character on social media that appears to be endearing at first, but is found to have an unappealing backstory. It originated from a joke that someone made up where they said it was a, an Australian cartoon comedian that showed like a picture and he said, oh, look, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. And then followed that up right after said, oh, that duck is racist. And so it's like, oh, I love the duck. And then that's a milkshake duck. Interesting. I feel like I definitely want to run with that because it's such a funny little thing to say. Um, and so USA, also, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I mean, as we know, people are going to get very offended if you call them racist, even if they're being racist in the moment. Um, but if you call them milkshake duck, maybe they'll think it's like a cute little term of endearment. Oh, yeah. we might need to delete this part of the recording. <laughs> and so, because it doesn't necessarily mean racist, it just means that something bad came out about you right after everyone thought you were cool. So, USA Today followed up, um, said, Yesterday, you might have seen the fun story about the cat lawyer. Um, well, it turns out he's been milkshake ducked. Um, and then someone reported on him. And, um, how in 2014 he was a prosecutor allegedly who had pulled in federal law enforcement to harass this former lover lover this woman he was going uh. after um 
So, yeah. <laughs> this is what it means to be a public face in any form or fashion yep. in this day and age. You can quickly be milkshake up. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. <laughs> but I'm so I'm glad. Be a better person. <laughs> I'm sure you're still happy you got to see the video and it was funny. It was and pretty funny. Now, if you do get on social media, you'll understand why 60% of people, their picture is a cat that looks dejected. <laughs> There are also shirts and everything that you can buy um, that say I'm live. I'm not a cat. <laughs> I think I'm going to change my like Twitter name to say I'm not a milkshake duck. <laughs> but, are, but are you not? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Try me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like I've led a pretty decent, kind, helpful life. <laughs> That sounds like something a milkshake duck would say. But hey, maybe, I, you know, you never know. I mean, it, 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 nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. And I'm sure nobody has walked through this life without offending or harming somebody in some way, whether intentional or not. By the way, this, the title of today is Ducks and Milkshakes. So. <laughs> my ducks bring all the milkshakes to the yard? Wait, my milkshakes bring yeah. all the ducks to the yard. <laughs> So does that mean you have like racially insensitive milkshake? Apparently. <laughs> I'm only selling vanilla. <laughs> I mean, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're foolish. Nobody should let us on live anything. <laughs> or they should because it's much more entertaining. <laughs> um, Maybe one day we'll script this show. That day is not today. <laughs> Or Maybe. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, Anyhow. I appreciate I appreciate this discussion on housing today, and I I really hope that uh, more word gets out for when actions like this are taken to assist in furthering the support of different protected classes. No, I agree. Um, I think. I really do want to follow up on the question about shelters and accommodations because I think that's important. Um, but other than that, I think this has been a good little chat about um, where we are in incremental progress and substantial progress and thinking about how I was trying to be innovative as a seventh grader. Um, <laughs> that doesn't even get into the whole... Um, economic system I created in seventh between seventh and eighth grade, um, which happy to share anytime, but I did create a whole economic system and my teacher called me weird. Um, for the next show. Okay. That sounds like <laughs> a plan. I think, I think people will be amused. <laughs> Good. At least, you know, give them something. <laughs> yeah. So Next time we can talk about structured socialism. That was what I called it. It wasn't very creative. <laughs> I mean, anyway. I would say when we were in middle school, that was probably pretty creative. I don't oh, think wait. I even knew the word socialism when I was in middle school. <laughs> wait till you hear the plan. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you. And again, <laughs> if you need to file a complaint, 
you can do that at kchr.ky.gov. And talk to you next time. The music you hear throughout this recording was produced by Esquire Music alongside Spice Productions.